We will continue where we left off last week. Beverly, here's your study notes, the original copy. As we, I gave her a copy. I told her we've got a lot to cover today. and I pray the Lord will bless this. Uh, we last week were speaking from Second Thessalonians. We ended up chapter 2. We stopped in verse 2, mid-verse, because it was 12 o'clock and I believe in stopping on time. But we'll back up to verse 1 to review that. Paul speaking to the Thessalonians, but it's written to all the children of God in the church, remembering that they had a problem being taught around them that Christ was going to return at any time. This would overthrow their faith that Christ was not returning then and that caused weaker in the faith people to doubt. And of course, there were some also that said the resurrection was past already. Paul is establishing a point through the Holy Ghost to these brethren that Christ is going to return as we've already covered, nobody knows that day or that hour but the Father. Paul says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him. And there's a comma. There's a comma. It's continued. Brief pause. We beseech you because the Lord is going to come back and take His people home. Everyone that loves Him, everyone that knows Him, everyone that He has revealed Himself to, everyone that He chose, everyone He gave to the Son, everyone the Son died for will be raised up and gathered unto Him, taken up into the air with Him, the dead in Christ rise first, we which are alive and remain, and so shall we ever be the Lord. Now to continue, that ye be not soon shaken, I'm going to read the paragraph of the verse and come back, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit or by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Okay. This is the first century church. This is about 54, 55 A.D. Paul is writing to these brethren. This is the second epistle to Thessalonians. It's written a few months after the first epistle because of the things they were hearing from false prophets and false apostles. We need to heed this today because the times, there's nothing new under the sun. Satan uses the same devices today that he's always used. We may prove that in a moment. So that you be not so shaken in mind, let your heart rest. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe And also in me. He said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place, I will return for you, His people. Let's paraphrase it. That you be not soon shaken in mind. We need to know and understand and believe. I've said this many times. Uh, this is our hope. This is our earnest expectation. The manifestation of the sons of God, the body coming forth from the ground, being reunited with the soul and spirit, the dead in Christ raised up, and then those which are alive and remain will be called up together with them and meet the Lord in the air. This is what we expect. The manifestation of the sons of God. This is the what we know we have in the finished work of the Son of God upon the cross of Calvary. This is everything the Gospel teaches us. We're going to leave this world. We're strangers here. We're sojourning. We're going to leave here in our short lifetime that we have in this world, although it's longer than it once was, because of health, knowledge, and other things. Men live longer than they have recently in years. We're all going to see the Lord 
and be taken to a place that we cannot begin to imagine. As happy as we are, as joyful as we are, to band together with Christian love one of another, Christ love one of another, travel hours and miles to go to the house of God because it's wonderful, it's blessed, it's full of joy, it's full of happiness, it's full of peace. As happy as we are here, it does not begin to compare with what we shall have in glory and that will never end. It should be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, try the spirits, whether they be of God or not. But the Spirit of God, He says, any spirit that confesseth not that Jesus is the Christ is not of God. If the Spirit, if the Spirit teaching, and if it's not of God, it's of Satan. If they deny the finished work of Christ, now I'm going to be bold in some points today. I do not mean to offend. I'm going to give you history and I'm going to give you gospel and I'm going to give you the truth. I pray with God speaking through me to you. I pray. Try the spirits. If the Spirit denies the election of grace, then it is not of God. If the Spirit puts salvation in the hands of a man, it is not of God. If it gives glory to any other than God, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, it is not of God. Why do these things matter as we live in the world? Because our God is a jealous God and He will not give His glory to another. And also the very fact that our true peace and true contentment comes from the knowledge of the Son of God who saved His people from their sins. Now, that you be not some shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word. I mentioned last week, they call them versions, I call them perversions of Scripture. You've got so many, I'm not going to take the time to mention them, but you know the ones I'm talking about. Anything that's not the Bible. And I believe the 1611 King James is the Bible. Well, that was written a long time ago, some say. I'm quite content in the knowledge and the fact that the God who spoke the world into existence is quite capable of preserving true Scripture through history. Holy men of God penned as they were moved with the Holy Spirit. That was no different in 1611 when God moved those men, English scholars and religious scholars, if you wish to use that terminology, together to diligently search the Scriptures and translate into the English language. I said this last week. I'll say it again. Because it pleased God to give Scripture in the 1611 King James Bible to an English-speaking people And it's been here since then. And I'll go another step with you if you want to think about it sometime. Genesis 10 teaches us that through Japheth, the isles of the Gentiles are divided. We are Gentiles in the flesh. And God hath given to Gentiles, Laban, through Japheth, the bride of Jacob, the bride of Christ, a type of God's people, They're not the only ones that have eternal life. God has people from every people, every family on the face of the earth. Many will not even know God till they die at the point of death when they're changed. But yet God has a people. But the Scripture is here to bring life and immortality to light. The Scripture is here to teach God's children of the glory of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The Scripture is here to give us joy because God loves you. And God hath given that in the English language to an English-speaking people, no matter what race, what gender they are, in this world, in the kingdom of God, in the church. Okay? I made mention last week of the book of Enoch. There's a perversion 
People want to question why it's not in the Bible. Because God did not inspire it and God did not place it in the Bible. We mentioned the book of Enoch. And this is interesting because I woke up this day in my lazy old man nap I take noonday and Linda had a program running on TV. She'd walked off somewhere and they were talking about the book of Enoch and they were showing an illustration how the angels of heaven came down and mated with the daughters of men. I told you last week, I told you when we went through the book of Genesis, it's not because I told you, it's because the Bible teaches it. In Genesis where it says the sons of God... They were the descendants of Abel, saw the daughters of men, the descendants of Cain, and they took them to wife. That's not angels in heaven. The only spirit that can blend with a human in that sense is the Spirit of God as it did with the Virgin Mary when she conceived the Christ child. My point behind all that is the book of Enoch is not inspired of God. We talked about the books written in the Bible that the Catholics used. They were written between the time that Malachi was penned and there would be no more prophets. It's a 400 year period of darkness upon God's people for the punishment of their sins temporally here in the world. And those books were written in a period of darkness. Therefore, they are not inspired of God. The first New Testament book we have in our Bible is the book of Matthew. Make that point to come to this. Don't be troubled, shaken in mind. Be troubled neither by spirit nor by word. It doesn't matter what book somebody writes, what they pin down, what they say, nor by letter. As from us, it doesn't matter what book their reading says. I've seen men on TV have a King James Bible here and a New Living Way over here and another one over here trying to take these two books of lies and blend them with truth. Remember the last few verses of the book of Revelation? Any man that addeth unto these words shall suffer the plagues of this book. If you change one word, if you change one single word, it is perverted. What did Satan do? In the garden, Genesis 3. God's told you, you cannot eat of all the trees of the garden. No, we can eat of every tree of the garden except the tree which is in the midst of the garden. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For God's told us, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And Satan said, thou shalt not surely die. One word. One word. And bear this in mind, I'll say it now as we go through here, because... Just as He beguiled Eve and Adam rebelled of His own free will, the only time man had free will, and then from that point forward, they're either controlled by the powers of darkness or by the power of God. But Adam rebelled because Satan told Eve, the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt be as gods. That's the desire of of pagan religion. That's the desire of false religion. That's the purpose of false teaching. If you remember going through Revelation, all of that teaching came from the pit. Okay? From darkness. From hell. It comes from Satan. Don't be troubled by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. It is coming, but it is not today. We're going to cover some things here. I'm going to give you history. I'm not trying to be hateful, but I'm going to be plain. And if God will give me a tongue, I'll be gentle, I hope. He says, the day of Christ is at hand, but it's not now. We know it's not now. How do we know that? Because we can see the pattern in Scripture and we can see it foretold in Scripture. Yes, it'll be as in the days of Noah, Men will not be looking for it. Men will be in rebellion against God. The natural man will be living and doing all that he does in his wickedness and evil, and Christ will appear. He shall judge His people in righteousness, take them to glory, and the wicked He will judge in His righteous self by the righteousness of Christ, being compared and falling so very short as we do also, but we stand in grace and they stand in the nature of man. He said, let no man deceive you by any means. 
by any means. By letter, by spirit, by word. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. We certainly look around. And I'm, I'm bad about this. I see the shape of the world, the condition of the world. I see what happens here. I become disgusted. I become depressed in my own flesh to see churches dying and the things going on that are going on. Not getting into that right now. And we think of this as a falling away. Let me give you something to think about. The natural man has already fallen in Adam. To those that God did not choose to set His love upon, they have no ability and never will come to God. They will never see God. They will never know God. Therefore, they cannot fall away from God and the temporal sense of the kingdom of God here in the world. This is talking about people that belong to God, people that love God, people that God has given life, people who have heard the voice of the Son of God, and they shall live. Christ said, now is the hour. This is speaking of a time when the born again child of God, maybe those that were once in the church have fallen away, maybe those that were deceived, let's cut to the chase, deceived of Satan, falling away, hearing something appealing to the flesh, hearing something appealing to the eye. That's what got Eve. It was pleasant to the flesh. It was good for food. It was good to consume. It's good to sit and listen to how good man is. The world tells you have self-esteem. What does the Word of God tell you? We're depraved by our very nature. We are vile. We're vain. By our very existence we are sin. It is the grace of God that bringeth salvation, both eternal and temporal. We do good works because God is within us. All the doctrines of the world deny this in one shape or another. Let no man deceive you by any means, so that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. If you remember the year and a half we went through Revelation, we talked a lot about, first of all, the, uh, well, we began there in Adam 2 because there's the first mention of Antichrist, you see. I might as well cover this while I'm talking about it. God created all things good and upright. Seventh day, God rested. Some of the things God made are mentioned to us in Scripture. The last thing God made was the man from the dust of the ground and the woman from the body of the man. There's the first institution of the family. It came way before the church was ever created even though Eden was a kingdom and a place and a type of the church which would come. But my point is there's the first Antichrist. Satan, Ezekiel 28, you can begin in verse 11 and read the next 8-9 verses. It'll tell you God speaking to Satan. Now in the text in Ezekiel, He's called the king of Tyre. Very brief explanation, not going deep into it. Tyre was a city at the port of Israel and all the goods of the world came into Israel through that city. All the filth and vileness of the world come to us through Satan. You've got three in heaven. Father, Word, Holy Spirit. Have you ever noticed how Satan is represented in threes also? Devil, Satan, Lucifer. Bright, shining Lucifer where he lures us away with the things of the world. Also in Revelation, if you remember, we had the beast, the false prophet, and the devil. There's three there also. Remember that as we go through here. A falling away first. 
God told Satan, Thou art the anointed cherub. A cherub is a creature which guards God's treasure. He said, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. There were four there. Adam, Eve, the serpent, which is Satan, and the Lord Himself. He's not talking to Adam. He's not talking to Eve. He's talking to Satan. Thou was perfect in the day in which thou was created, until iniquity was found in thee. How did the iniquity get there? Satan was the cherub, the chief of those creatures to guard God's treasure. God's treasure is His people by the beauty of creation. I mentioned a week or two ago in Job 38 when he speaks about the sons of God shouting for joy on the day of creation. The pristine beauty of this creation without sin. Something we cannot even imagine. We'll never be here again for this world is tainted with sin and must be destroyed by God's righteous judgment. Well, you consider Satan the most beautiful creature God ever created, the wisest, the most powerful creature that God created. God told him, God told him, by reason of that beauty, thou hast corrupted thyself. In the beauty that God created Satan as he was to be not an adversary to God, although God knew that was going to happen, God made covenant, God saved his people. But in the beauty of what God made him, what God made him, Satan desired to be the very Son of God himself. Satan is a created creature. He cannot be part of the eternal Godhead. He's never been in heaven in a mortal glory, created in this world, and always has been. Let me get to the point. Isaiah 14, this is, I gave Beverly the thing written on so she can find it and I'm not going to turn and quote it because I've got a lot to cover and I'm not starting good yet. He said, I will, this is speaking of Satan, how if they're fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, that heaven was Eden, that was the kingdom of God. He says, Satan said, I will ascend to the mount." Of the Most High. I will set my throne above the stars of God. You see, I will get to heaven. I will be like Christ. I will be as Christ Himself. And He says in the next verse, Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. I'm telling you this to give you an understanding that Satan was created of God. What brought the sin into the world? He talks about the mystery of iniquity. We'll get there in a moment. How man fell and the angels. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 tells us that, that, that God hath reserved the angels which sin in hell under chains of darkness to the day of judgment. Jude, verse 6 teaches us that these angels had left their first habitation in the kingdom that God created for the purpose God created them, good and upright. They left their first estate where they lived, where they belonged, where God made them. They in vanity with Satan rebelled, desiring to be as Christ Himself, and God cast Him out. Okay? Now... That day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. There's your Antichrist. Way back in Genesis. Satan is the ruler of the world, the prince of darkness, the prince of this world, everything God did not save. Let me go biblical on you. Everything God did not choose to set His love upon for the glory of His Son is left in the natural state. Cannot know God. Will not know God. It is anti-Christ. They're controlled by anti-Christ. There shall come a falling away first. We went through Revelation. We talked about the Dark Ages, the 13th century, all that happened there. 
We talked about the Roman Empire falling. We talked about the religion. Now this is history. Don't get mad at me. Okay, hear me out. The history of the Pope and what was there. Now I've already shown you we can go back past the Pope. We can go back to Adam and Eve in the garden, okay? And if God will give me time and a mind, I'm going to go to Revelation 17 and show you it's not just entailed in the Pope. It's in worldwide religion this day and age. But you find in Daniel 7 and 24, you'll find ten horns. There's the kingdom of Rome. Put your finger over there on Revelation 17. And... Go back and forth between the two. You find one more page. You'll find beginning in uh, the eighth, ninth, and tenth verse, and on down through the rest of seventeen, the ten horns. The ten. Some people in our forefathers believe the ten kings to be the ten emperors of Rome. Personally, that's what I believe. They're sitting, they've got seven heads, they sit on seven mountains. Revelation will teach you that. But out of that kingdom of Rome, which was the fourth kingdom mentioned, Greeks, Medes, Persians, and Daniel, and Rome, out of those, the last kingdom, the Rome, a king of fierce countenance, a horn would come forth. A little horn. He was not as big and great as... Caesar. Listen to what he does. Verse 25, Daniel 7. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and dividing of time. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it in the end, and the kingdom is given to the sons of God. Okay, when we talk about the man of sin, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, some people look for the Jewish law service to be cut off and the abomination that maketh desolate, which is where, and because of that, the animal sacrifice was taken away. You find all of that in Matthew 24 for one place. This was at the fall of Jerusalem. When you see Jerusalem compassed with armies, know thereof the desolation is nigh. And you see the abomination of desolation when the Romans put a pagan altar in the Holy of Holies before they completely destroyed the city of Rome and the temple, leaving nothing but the western wall where they go now to pray. And all the Jews were taken captive. They were scattered. And by the way, that's the purpose of Satan as he makes war with the sons of God is to scatter us in this world, to deceive us, and to deceive the nations, the Gentiles. Move on from there. Back to the text. That man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Some look for the law service to be ended. That's been done. For the animal sacrifice to be taken away. That's been done. For the temple to be destroyed. That's been done. I don't see a man raising up anywhere in Scripture and sitting on the throne of God in that temple. And yet if one did... It is not recognized of God. He taketh away the first, that He may establish the second. God did away with the law, fulfilled it to a jot and a tittle. In His wrath, He temporally punished those who betrayed Christ, the destruction of Jerusalem. And I'm not a preterist, don't get my idea of that. But I'm telling you, that has been done. Matthew 24 prophesied of it. It has been done. So that theory is false. Then there are those who look from where I just read and Daniel who lay this as most of our forefathers, I'll say in the Protestant denominations, 
we're not Protestant. We came from the Adam, uh, the Anabaptists and the Waldenses and those who never left the true doctrine of Christ. We were persecuted by the Pope. They were murdered by the Pope. They were slain by the millions by the Pope for desiring to stay in true doctrine. Now, the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Many of our forefathers will lay the man of sin being the Pope. I've read where they, some of them believed it was Nero. Some Antiochus Athenese, well that's before, that was 160 B.C., so it could not be him. Paul wrote this to the Thessalonians about 50-something A.D. But they laid on one man or another. And truth be known, each and every man they named is in a place and would fit a description of the man of sin the son of perdition. Because they hated God's people. Look at Hitler. They hated God's people. They sought to kill God's people. Okay? But our forefathers all pointed, told this went through Revelation, to the Pope. And he fits it. He fits it. And he's part of it. But he's not it alone. Okay? He has the power to forgive sins. He has the power to make law. You see over there in Daniel, to change laws and times. All these things, and I beseech you to study these things prayerfully, because you're going to have peace from them. We're not looking for the end days. We're not looking for the end times. We live in them. We're looking for the turn of Christ. But that man of sin be revealed. Well, how can the Pope... Be a man of sin. We went through that history. Brothels in the church. Killing kings in the church. Persecuting and brutally murdering saints of God in the church for the name of Christ, except declaring He Himself had the power to forgive sins on earth. Now these things are not like they were. I know a lot of good people that go to other orders. I'm not, I'm not up here to harp on that. I'm giving you history. I want you to see truth about the man of sin. I told you went through Revelation, the men of our forefathers looked at things hundreds of years ago. Time had not fully progressed to the point it is now. And just because hindsight is 2020, we can see things they did not at that time see. Revelation 17, verse 4, the woman, the church of that day was arrayed and being prophesied of in purple and scarlet color, the blood of saints, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. We made great pains in this, as gentle as God would bless me to be, speaking of how God's children were persecuted by the Pope of England until the time that God sent the heathen in to conquer them and the Pope's power was taken away. Okay? That's been done. All of our forefathers admit that. They say it's not a man, it's the lineage of the man. And it will all fit in with Revelation 17. You want to see the things mentioned in Daniel. Verse 10, there are seven kings. You see the seven kings. You see three more kings. You see the little horn coming forth and making war with the saints. Brethren, the saints, the saints of God in the church, okay? But now let's go to the text. That man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Back to Revelation 17. 
verse 7 and 8, the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman. We're going to read in just a moment, I hope, the mystery of iniquity. And the angel said, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads, mountains of Rome, and ten horns, the emperors of Rome. The beast that thou sawest was and is not. It was. When was it? It began with Adam and Eve in the garden. It was carried through, afflicting, afflicting, persecuting the children of God, having them deceived. Go to the Tower of Babel and read where men built a tower to reach unto heaven there in what we now call the land of Iraq. It's still carried away in false religion of Islam. And God does have a people there who will stand in heaven and immortal glory. But most of them there know not Christ and would persecute you for calling upon His name. But in the Tower of Babel, let us make a name for ourselves. Is that not the same doctrine that Satan introduced to Eve the day thou eatest thereof? Thou shalt be as God's knowing good and evil. Desiring to be as God. What does the world teach you today? Well, you've got to work there. You can do it. Accept Him. Work. Give your money to me. I'll see it goes where it goes. This is all heresy and lies. It is widely accepted because the church today is scattered. The church today is very few. This is not strange to us. Revelation again. Chapters 7, I believe. The 140, no, 14. The 144,000 who had their Father's name written upon their forehead. They're there with the Lamb upon Mount Zion. They've got the Father's name written upon their head. They're born of God. They have the knowledge of Christ. And they're praising God in heaven. That is a remnant. That's 144,000. He goes into the next text in the 14th chapter of Revelation and talks about a mass multitude standing before the throne of God in heaven and a mortal glory that cannot be numbered for the multitude. That's all the children of God. And I'll repeat this for the Arminian sake. There are many who will walk in this world who will never hear the Gospel preached will stand with heaven and a mortal glory with Jesus Christ. But my point with this is in verse 9, the beast that thou sawest was. It was. It was in the Jewish servants. They had corrupted the law. Instead of declaring the glory of God, they justified themselves by the keeping of the law. It was and it is not because it was destroyed by Rome. and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. That same doctrine, that same teaching, and the three in Revelation of the evil teach us of the devil and the Antichrist and the false prophet. Yes! The Pope is a type of Antichrist. Yes! But let me tell you this. Everyone who is deceived of Satan, Satan does not conquer his own. He does not have to. When one falls away, persecuted and killed for the name of Christ, it's a child of God. And were it not for God sustaining a remnant of His people to bear witness in His name, we'd have no church assembly at all. But what you saw was and it is not and it's coming forth out of the bottomless pit. It comes from Satan. Revelation 20. What was Satan bound from? The angel came down from heaven. Laid hold on Satan with a great chain and bound him. Bound him from what? Deceiving the nation. 
deceiving the Gentiles. And then he says he'll be loosed for a little season. Brethren, I stand here, the more I read, the more I study, the more I pray, I believe in my heart that He's been loose for some time. We see this nation that was once blessed of God where our very government itself would remove the name of the Son of God from this very nation could they do it. This nation that Patrick Henry said this nation is not built upon religion but upon the Gospel of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. If you don't think there's Antichrist in the world, you need to look around you. It was, it is not, and yet it shall come out of the bottomless pit. John chapter 2, verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. People looking for the last time. This was in the day of John. It is the last time. You want proof of it? And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. Many Antichrist prophets who are controlled by Satan, who is the chief Antichrist, the Ark Antichrist. Compare that to the Archangel of God. Compare that to the, the very Son of God who is the second person of the eternal Godhead, full of truth and grace and righteousness, and Satan, on the other hand, in full well evil. Let me be blunt. Understand this. They, Antichrist, went out from us. Catch that? No, they weren't the first church. We were. They left us. You can prove that in history. But they were not of us. Okay? They were in us, Jude 4. Certain men crept in unawares before of old ordained to this condemnation. We're told to contend for the faith once delivered unto the saints the knowledge of God in Christ, the finished work of Jesus Christ. They went out from us because they were not of us. They crept in unaware. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. This is speaking of false prophets. Children of God are deceived many times in this world. They will not be finally and forever deceived. We saw that in Revelation 17. They wondered, but those who were, whose names were written in the book of life do not wonder forever. God will reveal the truth unto them. They went out from us. They went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. What's Paul saying? The son of perdition, the son of man be revealed. They're made manifest. How are they manifest? Do you not see it? Uh, Antiochus? There's a prime example of one who hated God's people. Nero? Those mentioned in Scripture? Uh, so many people. Let's bring it to date. Those who tell you there's no hell? Those who tell you salvation is dependent upon a man's work or choice. Uh, those who tell you that they have the power to make saints or save souls. And that's not just one order of people. This doctrine is now preached worldwide and many of God's children are deceived temporally speaking in this world. And the only reason, child of God, we are not deceived, is by the grace of God, He hath revealed His Son unto you. God loves you. You have joy in that. And He ends up saying in John, but you have an unction, an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Listen. That man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. I'm not going to get through with this. <clears throat> Who opposeth? and exalteth Himself above all that is called God. 
where the man, whether it's the Pope or some preacher or some religious teacher, theologian, will tell you that He is equal with God of His own being or above God. A friend of mine went out to an organization years ago, Kenneth Hagin's preaching school. This is in 94. Same time I was moved upon. He felt he was moved upon. He went out there. Their main theory is money according to him. But he told me that Hagen himself came in. I think the man's dead now. I'm not meaning to talk bad about the dead. I'm giving you an example. And told the class that he had a dream and Satan was before him trying to destroy him and Jesus stood there and he cried, Lord, save me. And he claimed in his anti-Christian thoughts He said the Lord told him, I cannot, you must do it yourself. That is the teaching of man in the world. I don't care who it is, when I do it, you kick my backside to the curb and turn me out. Because the Gospel is that important to a child of God. We preach the true Gospel God chose you. Christ loves you. Christ saved you. You were dead in sin at enmity with God. Christ saved you in spite of it. He opposeth and exalteth Himself above all that is called God. Or that is worship. Now I'm getting to a point I want to get to before we close. So that He as God sitteth in the temple of God. Okay? The temple was destroyed. There are actually people get on these religious networks when I can stomach it, I read some of them. They're wanting to rebuild the temple. They're wanting to rebuild the temple. Well, if they do, it won't be the temple in God's eyes. That's destroyed. Our forefathers in their day, related the temple to the church in Rome, being the church house and where He sat and where He reigns as this Scripture is teaching, exalting Himself over the peasants of the earth. May I ask you a question quite plain and simple? Where's the temple of God? This, this church is in a building. This is the Ebenezer Meeting House. Brethren, you are the church. You are the temple of God. Your body is the temple of God. God reigns in you by Christ the Lord. Therefore, if He sitteth in the temple of God, He's sitting in your body. Oh, that will offend so many outside the church, the old Baptists. But we know because of Romans 7 that every good thing we want to do, we don't do. And that we hate, we do. It's not I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. We know that our flesh, Satan dwells in our flesh. We still desire the things of the world. That's why Satan tempts us with And God in Christ's mercy saves us from all of them. There won't be a child of God taste fire, okay, of hell. The Spirit is what is being spoken of. When He speaks of that man of sin, the son of perdition, an antichrist dwelling in the temple of God, showing himself antichrist that he is God. He's not talking about a man. He's talking about the natural man. He's talking about the man of sin. 
being revealed. When Christ appears. And let me, let me, let me clarify this. The man of sin is revealed in society today. The man of sin was revealed in society in the dark ages. The man of sin was reviled when Hitler attacked the Jews. The man of sin is revealed over there when Russia is destroying women and children in Ukraine. At the southern border where our government is allowing children to die. The man of sin, the depravity, they haven't fallen from service of the Lord. They don't know the Lord. Children of God are deceived. Second uh, Timothy Three, I don't have time to get through this. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Read this text. We're in the last days. Perilous times are here. The natural man prevaileth in the world. The grace of God keeps the church alive. Paul was not telling these saints in Thessalonica, and they were made saints of God, not the Pope. Don't worry about this stuff. The Lord has this. Don't be looking for this. It'll be on the days of Noah. Men walking around doing the evil they do in the children of God. And back then there were only eight manifested. Noah and his family will be worshiping God. And Christ will appear. The man of sin will be revealed. He's revealed to us daily in this cursed society. Showing Himself that He is God. And I'll close with this verse because it's time. I'm not through. Remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. Paul in all of his epistles talks about the election of grace and he talks about the finished work of Jesus Christ and the salvation of the children of God and being delivered from this dark evil, cruel world. There are many opinions on the man of sin. I've, what I just told you, I've preached three times in my life. Once here, once in Tuscaloosa, once at Rocky Mount, where Jonathan Blakely now pastors, but Roswell Smith was pastor then. I've stood alone in this thinking by many people. Sylvester Hassel agrees with what I think. And I found the other day that it kind of tickled me. I thought, I'm going to go over and see what Calvin said. Calvin agrees with me. If you think I'm blunt and hateful, go read his ideas of it. I strive to be gentle. I don't mean to hurt feelings. I mean to expose the child of God with truth. Because Paul told the Corinthians, I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy that I may espouse you to Christ as a virgin. We'll take up here next week. And you, now you know what withholdeth that He might be revealed in His time. Our forefathers said that the Roman nation and the ten emperors withheld the Pope from power when they were in reign, but when they were conquered, that the Pope stepped forward. And that's true in history. Every bit of it you can, you can apply and it fits. Not just to Him, but to many others. What began with Adam was destroyed in Jerusalem, came up out of the pit, for Satan makes war with the saints of God, those that keep the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God preserves, and God preserves in His providence.